history of films about Jesus. Only one director has managed to make both a serious film and a comic film about the subject. Italian director Pier Paolo Pasolini. In fact, Pasolini was actually prosecuted for his 1963 film, A Ricotta, a spoof set behind the scenes of a Jesus film. Ironically, by this stage, Pasolini was already planning a more devout treatment of the Jesus story, having famously been inspired by Matthew's Gospel while stuck in a hotel room. Many people, in particular film critics, consider Pasolini's Il Vangelo Secondo Matteo to be both the finest Jesus film ever made and the director's best work. It is also perhaps one of the best known examples of Italian cinema's neorealist movement. The neorealist movement was popularised by Italian director Roberto Rossellini, whose 1946 film Rome, Open City is another classic example. Instead of using highly polished sets with actors with perfect, finely chiselled features, the neorealists tried to get back to basics in order to capture a slice of reality. Rather than using Hollywood stars, they opted for people with little or no acting experience. They favoured close-ups of faces over action set pieces, filming on location over filming on set, and black and white film stock as opposed to colour. The result is a gritty feel which was used to capture the poverty of post-war Italy. By using many of the conventions of the neorealist movement, Pasolini was able to evoke the world of first century Jewish peasants that Jesus was born into. Whilst Hollywood may have been better at portraying the grandeur of the Roman army, Jerusalem and Herod's temple, Pasolini was able to catch the feel of Galilee and the ordinary people who were Jesus' first followers. It was these ordinary people who perhaps best captured Pasolini's attention. He was an outspoken Marxist and his politics leave their mark on the film. Pasolini himself once admitted that the film was dense with my own personal themes and motivations. The part of Matthew's Gospel that first caught his attention was chapter 10 verse 34. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. It's interesting that this verse is so often absent from films about Jesus and seems a world away from the sterile saviour that all too often confronts us today. Given that Pasolini did, had decided to limit himself to the words solely from Matthew's Gospel, the scenes that his screenplay omits are perhaps more telling than those he includes. For example, he omits two of Matthew's five major discourses, those about the church and the end of the world. He also excludes the transfiguration and significantly reduces Pilate's involvement in Jesus' death. While some commentators have considered it ironic that such a political depiction of Jesus should end by minimising the political charge brought against him, it perhaps reveals that Pasolini was targeting his film more at the religious authorities. Whilst it is dedicated to Pope John XXIII, it also seems to criticise parts of his church. The other result of minimising Pilate's role in Jesus' crucifixion is that some have criticised the film for being anti-Semitic. The charge is perhaps heightened by the absence of much of Matthew's Jewish context. In the Gospel, much of the action takes place inside synagogues, and the debates Jesus finds himself in are much more of an internal nature than a critique from outside of Judaism. That said, the film does show us that it is really only the Jewish elite, as opposed to the masses, that 
plot against Jesus. And even they make their decision calmly, as opposed to the hysteria that some films have shown. The portrayal of Jesus himself is always a crucial aspect of any film about the life of Christ. Like the other actors in the film, Enrique Irazaki had little previous experience. At 19 he was still a student when the film was made and he still remains one of the youngest actors ever to portray Jesus as an adult. Irazaki's Jesus is often thought of as the angry Christ. As he marches around Galilee he fears pithy aphorisms over his shoulder to his followers. This is one of the few films that include a lengthy version of the seven woes and the words have rarely been spoken so angrily. Likewise when Jesus curses the fig tree it is no surprise that it withers. Yet at the same time this Jesus smiles a surprising amount. Many people are so surprised at this Jesus' anger that they fail to notice the warmth he emits at times, most notably when in the presence of the children who sit at his feet. It is also a prayerful Jesus. Twice in the film we see Jesus kneeling in silent prayer. Such complex portrayal is incredibly rare. Another rare characteristic of this film is the portrayal of women. Pasolini consistently refuses to use the women in the narrative to sex things up. The Salome is fairly plain and her dance lacks any kind of eroticism. Likewise the woman who anoints Jesus in Bethany. So often the woman who performs this act is young and beautiful. Here she is middle aged and normal looking. So the women in this film are, like the male actors, normal, which immediately gives the film greater depth. This is not surprising for a film that frequently delves well below the surface of its subject. Take for example the Sermon on the Mount. Most scholars consider it unlikely that this was ever given as one sermon. So Pasolini films it as a series of close-ups of Jesus' face, but uses a variety of locations, weather and times of day. One of the things that is surprising about how the film is received is that although the film's visual elements are frequently discussed, they are infrequently appreciated. Commentators are so keen to discuss the meaning and importance of these images that they seem to forget to enjoy them. The black and white photography in and of itself gives the film a strange beauty. Pasolini's use of light and his elegant compositions create a host of lush, memorable images. Similarly, the eclectic blend of music imparts the film with a deeply spiritual film in what is arguably the best soundtrack of any Jesus film. What these images and sounds denote is, is certainly important, but it's their beauty that makes Pasolini's Gospel according to St Matthew such a moving and memorable piece. Thanks for downloading this podcast. There will be another Jesus Films podcast in December.